Listeners, before diving into this episode, I just want to put out a huge trigger warning. In this episode, I will be discussing eating disorders, weight, and other mental health issues. If you are easily triggered by this, I highly suggest that you listen with caution or do not listen to this episode. I will preface every episode with this trigger warning because I will be discussing very touchy and sensitive topics that some might not be able to handle. I want everyone to feel safe in this environment and to just keep in mind that this podcast is an educational podcast meant to spread awareness on eating disorders and my journey through them. Everything mentioned in these episodes will be real and genuine content. everyone and welcome back to another episode of reasons for recovery i hope you all are having a great week so far or whenever you may be listening to this it is finals week for me so as you can imagine i am beyond stressed trying to get projects done and studying for a bunch of different exams um so it's just a it's just a big mess <laughs> right now. But um, if you are also going through finals at this time, I hope you all are doing great and studying hard and get the grade that you want. This semester is almost over and I'm very excited about that. I am so ready for Christmas break. <laughs> you guys don't even know. Um, I don't know about you guys, but the Christmas break for me is my favorite time of the year. You know, just the atmosphere is so calming and peaceful, and I love just being at home with my family and friends and just sitting in front of the fire, having a great time, even though I live in Alabama and <laughs> there's not really much to do and it's, it doesn't get as cold as you would really want it to be for a Christmas time. I remember a couple of years ago, it was like 70 degrees on Christmas. <laughs> um, so, you know, Christmas in the South is much different than what you would imagine it, but I mean, it's still fun. It's still great to be at home and surrounded by loved ones and stuff. So I'm really excited for that and just for the semester to be over with and just so I can go home and be away from school for a minute. (laughs) My exams start next week. So as soon as I am done with exams, I am just going straight home, like I said. And I just don't even want to put my mind into the thought of school for a long time. But... I'm going to have to because I'm actually taking a winter class over this um, winter break. My school does this thing where we can take uh, about a month-long course uh, just to kind of put us ahead in our degree and everything. And so I'm taking one class over the winter break. So it shouldn't be much of a stress load as a typical semester would be, but I still have to do a little bit of school over the break. But like I said, it's not going to be as stressful, so I'm happy about that. But another thing to add on to my stress is that I'm also in the process of moving. Yeah, I am currently packing things up, getting everything ready, um, and I'll be moving into a new house for the next semester. And I'll be living in that house, hopefully, until I graduate college. So that's going to be really fun, but again, also very, very stressful because I'm you know, packing a bunch of things away, trying to get furniture for the house and figure out things financially. It's just a lot of work. Um, so very exciting, very stressful all at the same time within this week. It's, it's just going to be a very, very long week, but I know that I'll be able to eventually get through it. So yeah, but anyways, on your end, I hope you're having a good week and I hope it's not as <laughs> stressful as mine is going to be. 
but anyway, uh, to make a long story short, these next few weeks will be a handful, but uh, I just wanted to go ahead and get an episode out for you guys because like I promised in the last episode that I would get you guys a podcast on the 20th and the 5th, I think. And when I'll be posting this, it'll be the 5th. So I need to stick to my word (laughs) and actually upload on a schedule. So I'm trying my hardest. It's actually the 4th when I'm recording this. So I literally have like one day to record this and edit it and then post it. So hopefully it's the 5th when you're watching this or listening to this. Uh, So yeah. But besides that, I'm going to go ahead and get started with things and get into today's episode. And today's episode is actually going to be a little bit more personal. Uh, Today's episode will be about how my eating disorder affected my relationships, emotionally, physically, and all things in between. I feel like this is something that's never really talked about within people suffering from an eating disorder, probably because of how personal it is, but I feel like it is definitely a huge thing to talk about. It's something that really needs to be mentioned, especially for those that are currently seeking recovery. For those of you who have never suffered from an eating disorder, I want to give you guys like a brief description about what exactly happens within your relationships when you suffer. And for those of you that do suffer from an eating disorder, I want to be able to give you guys a little bit of an insight on why recovery is so important and helpful to strengthening those relationships. Now, keep in mind, relationships are not just within, you know, your significant other, whoever that may be. I'm not talking about just your boyfriend or girlfriend uh, kind of relationships. I'm talking about friendships and relatives, just people within your life that you share a relationship with in any form or fashion. That's what I am talking about. I'm not keeping it, you know, to one specific type of relationship. It can be multiple relationships. No matter what kind of relationship it is, your eating disorder can drastically hurt it and affect it very negatively. And everybody knows this, having having relationships of any kind in your life is very, very important. And that's why recovery is so imperative to uh, help you recover and grow those relationships better. Before I get into my own personal experiences, uh, like I mentioned, I am going to give a quick rundown to those that might not understand exactly how eating disorders can affect your relationships. So... Basically, when you suffer from an eating disorder, your sole focus in life, honestly, is just on food and calories and how much you weigh and exercising, anything of that nature. Just your mind is constantly revolving around these things and nothing else. And when your mind is just revolving around one thing all of the time, you have nothing else in your head. You don't want anything else to enter into your head. Food ultimately takes over your brain the longer that you stay in the grips of an eating disorder. And this can just strip away things that you love. You know, the more that you're just constantly thinking about food and exercising and weight and all that stuff, it just completely takes your mind off of other things that you love. And I mentioned this a couple of episodes back. You know, when I was suffering from an eating disorder, all I thought about was food. All I thought about was exercising. And that made me completely forget about the things that I really truly loved and that I loved doing. And those things can include people. And as for those who suffer from anorexia, specifically like I did, 
your mental state becomes very, very weak and it will just deteriorate over time. And that is because you aren't giving yourself the proper nutrients that you need in order to survive. So with your brain's chemical makeup just slowly weakening over time, that will most definitely affect your relationships. Because we all know Relationships are like a mental and emotional connection within two people or more people. And when you've got something like an eating disorder, you know, ruining your chemical makeup of your brain, it's just going to take that away from you. It's going to take away relationships from you. Uh, So that's really how an eating disorder can hurt you. It can be really, really damaging to your relationships and just completely make them non-existent because your mind just revolves around other things. So... Now that we have a better understanding of this, let's go ahead and talk more about why recovery is so important for strengthening those relationships. I want to talk more about my personal experiences, like I said, uh, because I feel like I have some pretty good examples as to why recovery is so important. But before I get started with that, just another fair warning. I know I prefaced this whole episode with a trigger warning at the beginning, but Some of these things may need a little bit of an extra trigger warning, I'm not going to lie. In these few examples, I'm going to be talking about some very personal things, very personal and intense emotions, um, and how they really hurt my relationships. And things can get a little bit detailed, and I don't want to hurt or offend anybody with this information I'm about to give. Uh, And I'm saying all of this because, yes, it may be tough to hear and a lot to hear, but that's the whole point of this podcast. I want to talk about things, um, anything and everything, and since my goal is to open up the minds of how detrimental and scary an eating disorder can be, that stuff needs to be said. You guys know that my whole goal of this podcast was to literally just help others who are suffering and want to start recovery. And also, this podcast is to honestly just break the stigma around eating disorders and shine a light on this disorder and how terrible it can be. Uh, Since I feel like eating disorders in particular are kind of just tossed around and made fun of quite often. So anyway, I just really want you guys to know that I'm going to be 100% vulnerable in this uh, podcast, in this episode in particular, Uh, And I'm going to be saying some things that might be a lot to hear and a lot to handle. And I think it is imperative that I talk about this because it would really get the message across of how bad an eating disorder can really hurt somebody um, and how bad a disorder can affect anyone on any level, physically, emotionally, anything. So I just wanted to go through all that again one more time really quick. Like I said before, somebody gets uncomfortable or gets hurt in some sort of way, you know, I don't, I don't want that, but it's very, very, very important that I share this stuff with you because eating disorders can be something that you don't even think. It it can be something that people don't even realize. It's something that can really ruin your life and you're about to see how that comes into play here in some examples I'm about to share for you. Also, this podcast talks about some very uncomfortable topics. I mean, that's very obvious. Like half, more than half of the episodes that I post are very, very uncomfortable topics. But you must be willing to get uncomfortable to eventually be comfortable. The more that you are aware of your dangers and horrors that are coming along with this disorder, it should make things much more easier to talk about and much more comfortable uh, because you're willing to 
take that disorder and all those problems you have and talk about it and not bottle it up. If you are feeling super uncomfortable about your disorder and about how you're feeling in life, you need to be able to get that uncomforting feeling out of your body. And the only way to do that is to talk to somebody. And when you get that uncomfortable feeling out of your body, finally, you're going to feel comforted and at ease knowing that someone now knows your issues and will be able to help you. So you got to get very uncomfortable in order to get that comforting feeling again. And that's what I'm trying to achieve in this episode. I know that once I started getting comfortable with the fact that I had an eating disorder, it made it so much more easier for me to ask for help and to really just jumpstart my recovery. So, yeah, just get uncomfortable in order to feel comfortable again. And that's what I really just want to get across in this whole episode, like I said. So let's go ahead and just get back into the examples. Uh, I'm done rambling on for now. Let's just get back into the actual topic of this episode. Anyways, (laughs) um, so this first example I want to talk about, um, it's actually right when I started to get very deep into my eating disorder. Um, And if you heard my backstory episode, you will know that was about around the beginning of my senior year. So at this time, I was about to graduate. Um, You know, I was about a couple of months into my eating disorder, but nobody really knew but me. And um, around this time, like I said, I was about to graduate. uh, I started talking to this guy And eventually, after I graduated, we had started dating. And like I said, nobody really knew about my eating disorder but me at this time because it was so early in the stages. Yes, I was already starting to become underweight. I had already lost my period at this point. But again, it was just something that my friends and family had not really caught on to just yet. So when I would go to this guy's house, um, he lived with about four or five other roommates. I'm not really quite sure. It was around four or five. It was a very packed house. Um, But I remember seeing them like all the time that I would go over there and I would interact with them, talk to them, and they seemed like very nice and genuine people. And I feel like I made a good connection with all of them. But this was definitely different the longer that I started dating this guy. And I will get into that in just a second. But one thing to mention is that when you are suffering from anorexia and you're a girl in particular, you lose a lot of your girlish figure, if you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, I talked about this in one of my very first episodes, but when I suffered from anorexia, I lost a lot of muscle mass and a lot of my curves uh, that I originally had in my body. So I was basically just a twig. I was a straight board. I had no boobs, no bottom. I literally had nothing at all. And I remember being completely okay with this because I had the eating disorder mindset that the less fat that I had on me, the prettier I looked. But you know that's not a good healthy mindset to have. But that's what I was thinking at that time. So I was completely okay not having, like, a nice girl body. Like, guys kind of, you know, go after. (laughs) Um, But anyway, while I was dating this guy, I looked like that. I looked exactly like just a straight board, a twig. I had nothing. (laughs) I had no girlish charm to me whatsoever. And, you know, that's my fault. Anorexia took that away from me. Um, And when I would go to this guy's house and I would see his roommates, you know, I would talk to them and think everything was fine and they were great people. Then I would leave. Names would start coming out of their mouths. I didn't know about this at the time, but the guy that I was dating... um, 
later told me that his roommates would always roast him and make fun of him for dating a girl who had a quote-unquote flat chest and no ASS. Yes, I will not say the word, but you know what I'm getting at. (laughs) But anyway, they would bully him and make fun of him about the fact that he was dating a girl like me because I had, quote, nothing to offer. That's what they literally said. They told him that I had nothing to give him, so why is he dating me? And... Of course, since anorexia gives you a terrible outlook on your body, this just made me feel even worse about my body than was already what I had already been feeling. It eventually made it to the point where I just didn't even want him to touch me anymore or really interact with me intimately because I was constantly thinking about what he thought of my body. I always thought that he was thinking about my body as much as I was because I let all of those names that his friends were calling me get to me. I let them spiral in my head all day long. My brain was so consumed by thoughts all the time, like, uh, does he think the same thing as his friends? Or does he even like my body at this point? Or is my body not good enough for him? Should I work harder to make it look better? You know, things like that. Things that were controlled by my eating disorder. And I was so worried about how my body looked, it just made my eating disorder spiral even more and just made me dig a further and further path that was in the wrong direction. And eventually, like I said, it just got to the point where intimacy was very uncommon in our relationship and I just didn't really like being touched at all because I was just so worried about what my body looked like and how it would please somebody, honestly. And... This has to tie into the chemical makeup of my brain. Like I mentioned at the beginning, anorexia can slowly deteriorate your brain. Or, you know, any eating disorder in general, not just anorexia. I'm saying that because I suffered from anorexia. But any eating disorder can really deteriorate and rot your brain and make you look at things so much more differently than you should be looking at them. And if you can remember all the way back to one of my very first episodes, I talked about a symptom of eating disorders, which was having a low libido or no libido at all. And that's exactly what was occurring here at this point in time. It had gotten to the point where it was no longer me just worrying about what his friends thought. It was now all in my head and within my own thoughts. My eating disorder made me believe that affection was not an option anymore and intimacy was something that I just didn't need. And that started to become very apparent. I never really got intimate with this guy, like I said, and after that point, it started to kind of catch up with him. I never thought that there was a single thing wrong, but my eating disorder was taking control. And the longer that I had dated this guy, the more that I was slipping farther down this terrible path. We ended up breaking things off before the fall semester started, and I remember not even being sad about it at all. And I remember really liking this guy, and he was a really, really great person. I just feel like my anorexia, my eating disorder, kind of ruined the intimate experiences you're supposed to have within a relationship. But like I said, I don't even remember being sad about the breakup. Typically, when a breakup happens, you feel pretty sad, right? Like, you could probably cry or just feel very depressed for a minute, you know? Like, you should feel very sad about stuff, but... Normally, crying is like a huge response to a breakup, and I had none of that. I didn't shed a single tear once during the breakup, and looking back on it, I completely understand why. 
I was so controlled by my eating disorder that love wasn't even a thing to me anymore. I had no love in my heart. I didn't feel love. I didn't give love. I didn't want love. And I've said this before, but I was literally like a living zombie when I was controlled by my eating disorder. I looked and sounded and interacted like I was alive and like I was a human, but internally I was just empty and I felt nothing at all. So you can tell that my eating disorder severely affected my romantic relationship. It made me feel like I couldn't receive love at all or give love because I was nothing. My eating disorder made me believe I was nothing. I remember after we broke up, I would always tell everybody that I was never getting into another relationship again or that I was just done with boys and never planned on getting married. Now, of course, I definitely never truly thought that. I never honestly thought, you know, I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. That was just my eating disorder making me say those things. Nothing else. It was just, it was just solely my eating disorder because, you know, it makes you feel like you don't want anything. It makes you feel nothing at all. So moving on from romantic relationships, let's talk about a few more examples of friendly relationships and how an eating disorder can affect those. I've talked about a few examples in the past about how my eating disorder made me miss out on a lot of events because I was terrified to go if food was involved. But one thing in particular that stood out to me when I was thinking of examples was this one time during my freshman year of college. I had mentioned this story before in the past, but I didn't really go into context about how it hurt my relationship with my friends. But anyway, it was around Christmas time, about 2019. And my friends from high school were throwing a big Christmas party for all of my high school friends. And at this point, I was about two months from the day I put myself in the hospital. So I was looking very, very bad at this point. I was at my lowest weight and literally everything I owned was falling off of me at this point. Like all of my clothes, none of them fit. They were all falling off of me. Um, But that didn't stop me from trying to interact with my friends. I had not seen them in a very, very long time and I wanted to interact with them again. I was very close to almost not even showing up though uh, because I knew food was involved, which is example number one of how my eating disorder messed up my friendships. But like I said... I could never go out with my friends and enjoy myself since I was always terrified that food may be involved. But at this party, when I walked in, I instantly could tell that everybody noticed my weight change because, like I said, the last time that I had seen them had been a very long time. It had been almost since, like, high school. So that was about nine months ago at that point. So it had been a very, very long time. I had been at my lowest point in my life at this time and made that very, very apparent at the party. While I was there, I had no desire to really talk to anybody and no desire to even really interact at all. It was a miracle that I had even gotten myself out of the house to go to this party. But I honestly just, I was pinned up in the corner all night and I barely said a word. This obviously was due to my eating disorder controlling me and telling me that I didn't need interaction. I didn't need to have those fun times because that's not what is fun. That's not the fun thing to do. The fun thing is to go exercise or to go restrict your food and stuff like that. You know, hanging out with your friends is not fun. You don't want to hang out with your friends. You know, that's what my eating disorder kept telling me. My brain was now all just my eating disorder at this point. It was no longer me. 
And that eating disorder hated interacting with others and hated being in the same room as others because that meant that I was happy and my eating disorder didn't want me to be happy. So during that party, like I said, I stayed in the corner that entire night and barely talked to anybody the whole time. When I left, I knew my friends were very set off by this because I actually ended up leaving before anybody else did because my eating disorder took over and it made me believe that I just needed to leave for no reason at all. So I literally ditched my friends and I remember I went home that night and I worked out for like an hour just because that's what my eating disorder wanted me to do. And after that party, I really didn't interact with my friends anymore. I sort of cut them off and stopped talking to them, which absolutely sucked because that wasn't like me at all. That was 100% my eating disorder taking over. I never would have done that if I didn't suffer from something so terrible like that. I would never cut my friends off if I didn't suffer from an eating disorder. And it makes me feel terrible looking back on it. But the good news in this is when I finally started recovery, they all came back into my life and were extremely supportive. But the overall message here kind of ties in with my other example on romantic relationships. My eating disorder did not want me to feel happiness at all. It didn't want me to radiate happiness either. Eating disorders can ruin your brain and kill your cognitive thinking. There will not be one single moment during your eating disorder where you will be thinking properly. Your mind is always where it should not be. And that will, in fact, kill your relationships with your friends. And that's why recovery is so important. You need friends in your life. You need support and help in your life. And friends can be a big part of that. And if you're shunning yourself away and cutting all your friends off, then you're not going to be able to get that. And that's why recovery is such a big deal. My last example that I want to share in the context of relationships is within your own family. Now, personally, for me, like I mentioned at the beginning, this one's going to get pretty nasty, so bear with me here. But during my eating disorder, my entire family was begging me for help. And I've told you guys this in the past, you know, my family, all of them were begging me to get help, go get better, and I just denied it. And we all know that when it comes to an eating disorder, it's literally just deny, deny, deny. You don't want to accept the fact that you're sick. You don't want to believe what people are telling you that's actually true. We think we're completely fine. But since I was getting that begging and pleading from my whole family and I kept denying it, this made our relationship very hard. There was one point in time when I was visiting home from college and I was called in the room by my mom. And she told me that she was worried about me and worried about my health and that she talked to a friend of ours who is a doctor and that doctor gave her a whole bunch of advice that I desperately needed to take. And she was basically just giving me all this information like, Chris, you really need to do this and this and this. You need to eat this and this and this and get better. Go get some help, blah, 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 you know. And of course, I denied it. I denied everything. I denied that something was wrong with me and I did not want to take any of that advice at all. I remember my mom was begging me so much to the point where she was like just kind of on the edge of tears and it ended up with us getting into like a screaming argument fight. And by the end of the screaming fight, I ended up just leaving and driving back to school without even saying goodbye. I remember screaming and arguing with her and 
doing this as I was walking out the door to go back to school. And I remember later on my drive back, she called me and tried even harder to convince me that I needed to get help. And I remember I just yelled even louder and louder at her to make her stop. I remember hearing the desperation in her voice as she begged and pleaded me that I needed to do something before I eventually just dropped dead. And she was being harsh, but it needed to be said. I was very close to dying, but I just didn't want to accept it. I didn't want to accept the fact that there were things wrong with me that I needed to solve. But in this phone call, I just kept screaming louder and louder to the point where I would just be crying and coughing and panting from arguing with her so much. And these arguments that I had with my parents were literally no joke, guys. They <laughs> they were pretty harsh and very serious arguments. I, I don't want to get into a great bit of detail, but what I'm giving you here should be good enough to understand how harsh this was. And because we were constantly having these outbursts and arguments, it made our relationship very bad at one point. And that's all entirely my fault. It's nothing on them whatsoever. They were just trying to help me and get me to understand that I needed to get help. And I didn't want to listen. And that's my fault. It was all of my eating disorder telling me that I need to just deny people and all of what people are saying to me. I was so convinced that there was nothing wrong with me and that I was so healthy and okay. And when I heard my family was saying all this stuff and saying that I wasn't okay and I wasn't healthy, that made me mad. And that's one thing about having an eating disorder. You just get so irritated and very easily upset with people if you're told something that you don't want to hear. This really damaged my relationship and my parents' relationship, and I'm just very glad that it's much better today now that I've recovered. So, there are just a few examples for you guys to understand how each type of major relationship can be affected when you suffer from an eating disorder. This disorder, like I said, can take everything away from you and strip you of all of your happiness that you used to have. As you can tell, Eating disorders are not pretty. They never will be pretty. They never have been pretty. And that's simple fact, you know? And that's why I get so worked up and so mad when I see people making it trendy on social media. And it just ruins the stigma around true eating disorders even more. And that's why I have this podcast, so I can just tell you guys, you know, having a terrifying mental disorder is nothing to be laughed about. And you can see why, in this episode, it hurts your relationships. Recovery, of course, is the only answer here. I can't stress enough that recovery is imperative here. And getting out of that rut that your eating disorder keeps putting you in will help restore all of your relationships that you may have lost with your eating disorder. I know that once I started recovery, everyone that I hurt or shunned out of my life reached out to me and came back to me and said that they were proud of me that I was doing better. So don't think that your relationships are gone for good after you start recovery because, trust me, they will come back. I learned that if I ever wanted to have a good relationship with a man again, I needed to recover. I never thought I was going to have a boyfriend again after that last relationship, but look where I am today. I have a very loving and caring sweet guy in my life that I've been dating for almost nine months now, and he completely understands me and helps me get through every obstacle that I face in my eating disorder. I never thought that I would marry somebody 
or ever date again, like I said. But that was my eating disorder telling me that. I turned down boys over the years and potential relationships because my eating disorder told me that I didn't need love and that I didn't deserve love. I just needed to watch what I eat and exercise all the time. But that changed after I started recovery. I never thought that I would have friends again either, or honestly just make friends in general. Um, I thought making friends would be extremely hard, but after recovery, I've been able to branch out immensely, and I gained back all of my friends, and even more. I've made so many new friends over these past few months to about a year or so, and that's because I recovered and I branched out and got better. Recovery made me a much more outgoing person, whereas before I hid myself from people and stopped talking to people because I was just controlled by this eating disorder. Recovery made me realize that I need to surround myself by love and support if I'm ever going to make it in life, and that's very true. And my relationship with my family is so much better now as well. And of course, you know, not every family is perfect, but I'm definitely, you know, not screaming at them every day like I used to. I'm not getting in these terrible outbursts and arguments and fights with them like I used to. Because recovery gave me a much more calm composure, and I look at things in a brighter way now instead of instantly going into the negatives and yelling at people. So, as you can see, recovery can dramatically change your relationships. It can restore all of them and get them in the right track and in the better direction. My life is so much healthier in a social aspect now that I have recovered. It has given me a much better look into relationships and how they should really work, and I'm so thankful that I was able to stick with recovery to experience all that. I know starting recovery can be very hard, but if you truly want to live your life happily again, it's a must. It's a very, very important thing. I want you to know that having love from any type of relationship is so necessary in your life, and I really don't want an eating disorder to take that away from anybody. So, getting started can be very tough, like I said, but it's possible. It will be one of the hardest steps, if not the hardest step, in starting your recovery. But once you get on the right track, you'll see everything fall back into place like it needs to be. And if you need help getting started in any sort of way, you guys already know I have a bunch of hotlines and websites in the description of this episode for you to use if you think that you're ready to use them. And I also have a few other additional websites for information on eating disorders and other mental health issues that you might be facing at this time. If you want to talk to someone personally who will understand what you're going through, I'm always here. You guys already know. I've got my Instagram and my email in the description for you guys to use. Feel free to DM me or email me literally whenever you want to if you have any questions, concerns, or you just need help and need someone to hear you out if you're scared to reach out to a professional at this time. I can help lead you in the right direction, and trust me, DMing me or emailing me is a safe space, and you don't need to feel intimidated at all if you feel like you need to talk to me. Because I know talking to a professional will be very, very intimidating at first, so it's good to get a little bit of an insight and talk to someone who's experienced the same things, and that would be me. I've had a lot of fans reach out to me and talk to me about how they want to recover, but they're scared. And I've helped lead them in the right direction, and I'm very, very happy about that. So 
don't feel ashamed to get in contact with me in any way, you know, DMing me or emailing me because I'll help you. I'll make you feel safe and feel loved and wanted. So yeah, just reach out to me if you need me. They'll be in the description for you to use. But anyways, that's all I have for you guys. Again, if it's final week for you when you're listening to this, I hope you're doing well on your finals. And if you already took them, I hope everything turned out great and that you all have a nice and lovely Christmas break. The next time you hear from me, I will be on my Christmas break. So yeah, that should be very nice being back at home and all. But anyway, I hope you guys have a great day and a great week. And remember to stay safe and healthy.